1 John chapter 3 in verse uh, 9. It says, whoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So one of the things about the scripture is like, first, firstly, it's really powerful. It says, whoever is born of God cannot sin. Okay, and he, because he's born of God, he does not sin. But if you see a few scriptures earlier in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 6, it says, Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him, neither knows him. Now, that is where I, the power lies and that is where it came to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9. It's talking about how abiding in him removes all consciousness of sin. It removes the consciousness of what sin does, what sin is about, about uh, living life outside of God. And that is where the root of sin lies, living outside of relationship with the Father. So it says those who abide in him, they have no concept of sin. They have no imagination of sin. They have no consciousness of sin. So what is sin? Like go back to what the definition of sin is, right? In Romans chapter 14, verse 23, uh, it says... And the second part of 23, it, the, it, it talks about anything that is not of faith is sin. In other words, anything you do that does not require you to trust God, believe God, depend on God or abide in God is sin. In other words, God not being a part of what you are doing, God not being a part of your life, God not being in relationship with you or you being separated from him in consciousness is what gives rise to you or me or people doing things in their own strength and that basically leads to self-independent uh, you know it's like independence from god self-righteousness stuff like that now i don't want to highlight too much about sin but the very core of sin is not about primarily okay it's primarily not about doing something wrong it is not about committing acts of sin it starts off at the root and the root is always not trusting god like if you go back to the Garden of Eden, it talks about how Adam and Eve, they hid because of what they did, right? And why did they, uh, what was the root of what they did? God said, don't eat of the fruit. The enemy came and said, eat of it, you will not die. God said, you will die. They believed the lie instead of believing what God said. And that was the root that caused them to eat of the fruit. So when we are literally talking about sin, it talking about being independent of God first where God is not a part of your life which causes you to deal with life and do things in your own understanding in your own strength and that leads to all sorts of mayhem and chaos in a person's life and you, nobody wants that kind of stuff so coming back to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9 it says whoever is born of God does not commit sin now first it's, uh, in 1 John 3 6 it says whoever abides in him does not sin here it says Whoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. What is his seed? His seed is the word. His seed is the fruit of the spirit. The spirit himself. When we are in oneness with the Holy Spirit in communion with the, uh, with the spirit, like it says in, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, it says he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So now in our mind, we are thinking like, you know, it's like, uh, I should not sin. People of the world or Christians in general generally always think, you know, I don't want to sin. I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to live a life, you know, that is unholy or not pleasing to God. And they always equate 
their holiness or you know it's like their life pleasing to god with their performance or their doing whatever they do their lifestyle the way they live and they equate their performance and their lifestyle with god being pleased with them right now as far as god is concerned he is not primarily concerned with what you do or what you don't do okay he is more interested in you being his son you coming into relationship with him you knowing him you understanding him and that relationship takes care of everything that you do a person whether he does or does not do is not something that god is primarily looking at right he's not looking at to fault find in a person's life he is a god of relationship he's our father so as far as god is concerned he's not looking to you know it's like see what you're doing right or see what you're doing wrong the moment we come into relationship with him all that starts taking care of itself all the doings and the not doings the do's and don'ts all that starts taking care of itself why is that because the relationship is something that bears fruit the, uh, from the relationship is where life proceeds and god wants us to come back into relationship with him because that is the most important thing if you see back in the garden again god fellowship with adam in the cool of the day now why did he fellowship with adam in the cool of the day why did he come to meet with adam why not just create man and let him do his own thing it's because man was supposed to rule and have dominion and that rule and dominion was supposed to be a byproduct a fruit an overflow of the relationship that he had with god so you see that you know it's like after man you know it's like ate of the fruit and his eyes were open and stuff like that everything went down south from there why because that relationship got severed and that that kind of like uh, that was the crux of the whole uh, downfall right so when it comes to sin we need to understand that doing uh, or not doing committing sin or not committing sin is something that god is not really concerned about what he is more concerned about is the relationship so go back to the relationship with your father because that changes everything now see what it says in 1 john chapter 5 and verse 4 it says for whosoever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith you must have heard uh, so many people say stuff like you know uh, i mean quoting from the bible okay in this world you will have trouble right and generally they stop there because that's the only thing that is so prominent and it identifies with them people they they see the problems in their life they see the problems in other li- other people's lives and they are all about the you know it's like problems problems are the most prominent thing but what the scripture goes on to say is that but be of good cheer because i have overcome the world that's the most important part the world always had trouble right from the time of adam and after the fall there was trouble right from the get go and when jesus came he came to undo everything that adam did so you and i will never have to deal with the world's problems ever again why because you and i are are taken out of this world are set at the right hand of our father made citizens of the kingdom of heaven and we are not of this world anymore so as far as you and i are concerned we don't have a reality of problems because problems don't exist in the kingdom that we are living in right get it out of your mind that you have a life full of problems jesus said very clearly he said i have overcome the world he didn't say i have defeated the world i have made the world obsolete no he didn't say that 
what he said is i have overcome the world in other words that the world no longer has anything on me it cannot influence me why because my reality and your reality now is far greater than the re reality the world is living in see before jesus came the world had no hope you and i would have not had any hope why because it's like we were living in the world and there was no savior to clear our conscience and bring us into the power of being a conqueror but now that we are in in the kingdom now that we are born again now that we are sons or uh, it's not that now that we are sons now that we have come to the knowledge of sonship okay we are now overcomers and more than conquerors so this world has absolutely nothing on you and me we are more than conquerors we are powerful beings so when it says we are overcomers and what has overcome this world it is our faith why is it saying our faith our faith as far as the old man was concerned was not sufficient for anything but see what it says in galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 it says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live christ lives in me the life that i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me in other words i am living by jesus's faith now so my faith is not my old man faith it's not the faith i had before which was not sufficient for anything because if that faith was sufficient then jesus would not have needed to come and overcome the world for us but jesus came he overcame the world and he gave us his faith our faith was dealt was removed taken out of the way in the old man that was nailed to the cross the new man has the faith of jesus in other words your faith and my faith is now the faith of christ so our faith is what overcomes the world today in other words today if you look at the world and you know the things that are happening in this world today you don't have to pay attention and say oh my god it can happen to me you don't have to you know think about how it can affect you you know why because your faith is the faith of jesus if it didn't affect jesus when he was in the boat and there was a storm all around him when people were out to kill him and everyone was against him he didn't bother you know why because he had a faith that was of heaven that's the same faith that you and i have the faith that overcomes everything that this world shows us so we are living by that faith right the first thing we need to understand is that we are born of god right what does it mean to be born of god born of god means that the seed that has now given birth to our life the new birth is the spirit of god we have the dna of our father now through jesus and our life is that of an overcomer so we are living the life that jesus lived exactly ditto word to word life to life glory to glory like it says in 1 john chapter 4 and verse 17 it says as he is so are we in this world right in this world so as far as you and i are concerned we are like you know we are exactly as jesus is the new man the the first born and you and i are the first uh, uh, you and i are born exactly as he is exactly as the first born is the new man he is the prototype and we are exactly as he is right see what it says in 1 john chapter 5 and verse 18 we know that whosoever is born of god does not sin but he that is begotten of god keeps himself and that the wicked one cannot touch him this is scripture of revelation more than anything else right if i were to tell you you know it's like you can't be touched you know it's like you are invincible you are indestructible nothing can hurt you nothing can touch you now that's my word against everything that you are going through 
for example if you're going through hardship in your life or you're going through some sort of a trouble i'll say i mean uh, i'm quoting the scripture right now right and if even if i was not quoting the scripture and i had told you that you are indestructible nothing can touch you nothing can affect you but you're going through something in your life that you know okay fine i'm already affected i'm already going through it what exactly do you do you mean what are you talking about right in your mind you you must be thinking that you know it's like this does not make sense one of the first things we need to understand is that this is telling us the brain is telling us it does not make sense you know why because the brain is looking at all your circumstances it's analyzing it is seeing how real it is how tangible it is and it is telling you that what this person is saying is doesn't make sense because i'm going through it here's the deal you are not this brain first primarily this brain is only supposed to receive information this brain is supposed to be told what to think who you are is the person inside and you have the mind of christ that mind in which your conscience is that mind has to give information to this brain telling it that you are a son of god you are a life giving spirit you are indestructible and you are invincible so who's supposed to give you revelation the where does the revelation come from it comes from who you are in the spirit it comes from who you are by identity as a son of god now as a son of god you have complete perfection you are in complete perfection and you are 100% invincible and indestructible now that is who you are by nature but your brain is telling you a different story because it is getting information from the world around you and getting information from your life you're not supposed to be you and i are not supposed to pay attention to what our brain is telling us we are supposed to be receiving revelation from who we are by identity from the spirit because our soul which is receiving revelation from the spirit is telling our brain should be telling our brain that you are indestructible so don't look at what is happening around you and say you know it's like this is real this is my life this is what is going on it's not real it is only a product of what the world is trying to show you it is a product of other people's belief systems and you do not need to believe that right your reality is the kingdom and the kingdom like jesus said is inside you the kingdom of god is inside you it's within you that kingdom is your reality so what are you supposed to do get revelation now like i said if i tell you you know you're indestructible you're you know you're invincible your brain is receiving that information because you're hearing the sound of my voice okay but it's not real it will only become real when the holy spirit makes it a revelation in your being when you know it to be true that is when it will become real and it will become, and when that reality strikes when your brain catches up with that reality nothing of this world nothing that is around you no circumstances what you may be going through nothing can change your mind about who you are that is what god wants that is why he sent jesus in the flesh that is why jesus came and got crucified you know the bible says that the lamb of god was slain from the foundations of the world now if the lamb of god was slain from the foundations of the world i'm talking about in the heavenly realms why was it necessary for jesus to come and die in the physical realm it is because most people generally do not go by something that is in the spiritual realm which they cannot get by revelation they need to see it it needs to be real to them now as far as you and i are concerned we know that jesus died in the flesh 
we, he died as the son of God. He died as the son of man. And his death is our life. Right? It is recorded for us. It is given to us as the truth. Now we know that. And when the Holy Spirit bears witness of that in our being. Now see. Someone comes and tells it to you. Okay, fine. You still have the choice. That's the gospel, right? Someone comes and gives you the gospel. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for your sin. You don't have to die. You don't have to, you know, it's like suffer. He died in your place and now you have eternal life. Now, again, that information has come here. But when the Holy Spirit bears witness of that information inside, in who you are, nothing can change that from the truth that you know. Nothing can change it. It is the truth. So the Holy Spirit bearing witness inside as a revelation, that is when you start believing. Until then, you still have a choice whether to believe it or not. So you find so many people, you know, it's like they hear the gospel. They know, okay, fine, you know, Jesus died for me. Yeah, okay, fine. All that. But they, just, they choose, okay, I don't want to believe right now. I don't want to believe it. It's okay. So they kind of like turn away and go, or they probably reject Christ. But you know what? The Bible calls that a seed. The seed is sown. And when the Holy Spirit makes that seed and pops it open, and when he makes that seed a revelation, that person will come to the knowledge of God and nothing will be able to change his mind about what Jesus did for him. Revelation must change everything. Not what someone is saying. I can, I can scream Jesus and I can, you know, it's like, tell you how amazing you are till the cows come home. But unless you believe for yourself and know as the truth that this is what Jesus did, this is what who I am, this is my identity, it won't affect anything in your life. It won't change your life. It won't change your mind at all. Right? God wants to make that a reality in your life and he'll only do it through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy, because the Holy Spirit has been given to us to become one with us so that we live everything that he says in our being. That is the relationship God has with us today. We are now hidden with Christ in God. We are at his right hand. We are one with him. Right? See what it says in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead who's in you is also the very life of your mortal bodies. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is also that same life that is rejuvenating, regenerating every cell and every DNA strand of your body. In other words, you now have life by the spirit of God in you. Now, he's not just talking this. I mean, when you read scriptures like this, it's talking about your body. Yes, but the Holy Spirit is not limited only to your body. He's talking about everything that has to do with you. He's talking about your mind, the thought, your thought process, your oneness with creation, your oneness with the Father, your oneness with Jesus. He's talking about every single thing that pertains to life and godliness. He's talking about every single thing that pertains to you as a son of God. Your being, complete rejuvenation in life. There is nothing in you that is of decay and death anymore. You know why? Because you have the spirit of life that was in Christ Jesus is now in you and me. How can you have death and life happening at the same time? That does not make sense. How can you have light in darkness and darkness in light? You'll either have one or the other. So you can't have both happening at the same time. Either you're in life or you're in death. One of the two. 
if you are in eternal life, there is no such thing as death. It does not exist. Right? That is the, that is the gospel we have. That is the gospel we, have called, we are called to believe. And how can we believe such, thing, such a thing? Only when we are open to what the Holy Spirit wants to show us. Now, it may not seem logical up here. Okay? Because this is a very logical place. It goes only by physical information. And physical information is always getting is, is always coming from the world around you. Which person do you know that is still alive for more than 100 or 100, maybe 200 years? How many people do you know? So your brain has already decided that you're going to die. It's already decided that. It's already telling you you're going to die. Why? Because you can't find evidence of anyone living. For more than 100 years or more than 200 years right but god does not want us to go by what the world is showing us he doesn't want us to go by what the world is telling us in timothy it says jesus through the gospel brought life and immortality to light for us by his spirit right and it says here i mean paul's bearing witness again he says that the same spirit is is the life of our mortal bodies so Everything that was taken away from man has been destroyed at the cross. It does not exist in your life. It doesn't exist in my life. Don't go by what the logic is saying. Don't go by what your brain is telling you or what people of the world say or what the world is going through. It does not matter what is happening around you. What does matter is your identity and who you are in Christ and where your reality lies. You are in the kingdom. You are in the Father, hidden with Christ in God. That's your reality. Stick to your reality. Don't change it. Don't waver. Don't go to the left or to the right. Because that reality that you stick to will become your life. If you think of every other possibility, you are giving in to all those realities and it will become your life. Don't give in to any other reality except what you know to be true. Amen? Something that the Holy Spirit is saying is what I mean. Right? What God wants to put in your heart. Make that your reality primarily. Okay. So... Romans chapter 5 and verse 10. It says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now this was Paul giving the gospel to the Roman church, which he had never met. Okay, He was still on his way there. And before he could reach there, he sent them the gospel so he could prepare them about everything that he had been preaching to the Gentiles. Okay. The, the book of Romans is a progressive book. It is, starts from the beginning about how humanity and mankind had fallen and the state of man and then it goes on to what God did and through, through Jesus and how sin was dealt with. There's no condemnation now and it goes on. So it's a progressive book. It's a book outlining the entire gospel. So when he says this in Romans chapter 5, he is still coming to the part where Jesus is now going to come, die for man, and there will be no condemnation, but rejuvenation and reincarnation and, you know, it's a resurrection of life, right? That is what he went on to go on and say. So when it says over here that we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We are saved by his life because Jesus said in John chapter uh, 6, he says, he who believes in the son has eternal life. Not going to have eternal life, has eternal life. In other words, the moment you know that you are one with Christ, that you are one with Jesus, that you have the spirit of life in you, you are in eternal life because the spirit is your life. He is your life. 
So now that you are in the Father and you are in eternal life, there is nothing can, that can take away from who you are. There is nothing that can take away from you. You are a son of God and you are complete in Him. Like it says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. Don't believe anything else. Don't believe anything that people say. People tell you negative things. People tell you everything that is opposite to eternal life or life of God. God wants you to know that you are in life because he does not want you to be conscious of death in any way, shape or form. He wants you to be living in the abundance of life. Jesus came to give us the abundance of life. And that's where you and I live today in the Father, abundance of life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth and the life. There you go. Right. So we are in life. Stick to that life. Do not budge from what your father says because your father is not the God of death. He's the God of life. He is life. He's not the God of sickness. He's the God of perfection, perfect health. He's not the God of poverty. He's the God of wealth. He's the God of riches. He's the God of sustenance. He's the God of provision. He is your father who will completely sustain you because of who he is, independent of who you are or what you do or what you think. It does not matter to him. He's your father and he will always stay a true and perfect father. What you do can't change who he is. Right? That's who he is. He's the father. He's, he's love. He's pure love. It says God is love. Amen.